tonight we wrap up a hard-hitting Easter long weekend. But will double demerit points apply? Sam Burgess fights his shoulder charge. There's always next year. Jeff Kennett says the Hawks of 2017 are already cursed. Mitchell Moses goes on a double date, but which team will get their man? And football success story, Sydney FC super coach Graham Arnold is our special guest. The show that gives you a front row seat for the week in sport. This is the Back Page Live. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Fennick in a spelling bee. People costume his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. Yes, hello everybody, uh, welcome all of you, hope you had a great long weekend uh, and well rested and ready to fire up uh, Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock, hello and welcome to you both. And ready to offer excuses for the bottom of the table, Hawks and Swans, <laughs> Jill Schiller and Adam Spencer. You've both got a lot of explaining to do. We've both got to be playing this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get to that uh, very shortly. Lots to get to. First, there's something that's caught my eye that I think honestly could revolutionise cycling. Tell me we won't see some of this on the Tour de France. Combat. That stupid wind resistance. Look at this. This is Michael Guerra. Not only does he not pedal, he actually overtakes them down the hill. No wind resistance for Superman. Through oh, and away. How, how good is that? How painful does that look? <laughs> <laughs> only an Italian could try. But hey, imagine falling off. With that. My goodness <laughs> me. Imagine falling off. It's brilliant. It works. I'm not sure whether we will see it, but it's about time we saw some different things in cycling. You showed us the first couple of seconds. Yep. It's just a guy riding a bike, Tony. Then yep. into that. It's, it's like it's like the Tour Down Under had sex with the luge. <laughs> <laughs> I very much what it's like. All right, now let's get into it. Mitchell Moses remains that strange mythical creature, half tiger, half eel, <laughs> with his move to Parramatta still in limbo as we speak this evening. Now, he scored a try, terrific try, for his current club against his future self uh, yesterday. <laughs> it's all, all very confusing crash, isn't it? It is, and a shocking look for the game. I, I really don't believe that rugby league fans know how bad this actually looks. And I know a lot of them are being disenchanted by it as well. So, but, you know, a mid-season transfer is a horrible look for the game. It, it really is. He had breakfast with some of the, his teammates at West this morning. He said, I don't know what I'm doing. He trained with them. He's been named for Wests to play on the weekend. Yep. All the while because uh, his club has refused to clear him to Parramatta. Eventually, I'm sure they will. But, Tony, this business... It just sucks the life out of any concept of club loyalty or even fan loyalty, Kel, doesn't it? Well, we know that loyalty is dying in the modern sporting era, but clubs are desperately asking fans to be loyal and then yep. this happens mid-season. I mean, what you know, no wonder that fans sometimes aren't turning up to games when this sort of thing... How do you expect fans to be loyal when, when this is happening? Oh, exactly. And that's where we constantly compare the codes, don't we? And that's one area where I reckon the AFL does beat rugby league because this sort of thing is just a shocking But look. isn't it keeping the, the game on the back page on this show, every radio show, that's what they're talking about? Yeah, yeah. But they're talking about it for all the wrong reasons, aren't they? I mean, you have this English thing... Like, in English football, if you change clubs and you've already played for one club in the FA Cup and you move across, you can't play for the new club for the rest of that competition. You're tied to your old club. Yep. It's a weird thing when you're already playing against the team that everyone knows you're about to go across to, possibly in the next few hours. Yeah. It's a bizarre situation. And even, even a mid-season trading window wouldn't work because 
you're really only trading between clubs. That works in something like European football, yep. right. where you might grab some guy from Italy to and bring him Spain. across to yeah. Spain. But when the Tigers... Uh, and a guy wants to go to the Eels. Very weird. Yeah. Well, Coach Ivan Cleary has told him today. He asked for the release. He asked personally, which is what Ivan Cleary had wanted him to do, but he said, no, not yet. And they may get round to the point where they do a bit of a, a swap with another player. From I like that, though. Putting yeah. it on the player. Yeah. Note your manager, mate. Yeah, exactly. You come, come and in. sit in front of me. There's too much of this. Oh, my manager says, I'm not actually sure what I'm doing. See my manager. Yeah, well, no. he's not sure what he's doing. You heard in the interview after the game yesterday, Andy Raymond approached him. Have a listen to this. Thanks for taking time with us. One question. Which dressing room are you going to do now? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Good luck. wouldn't have a clue. Great question by Andy and sort of funny, but also ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. What I do love, though, is the invention of a word specifically for just such instances. In the City Morning Herald, you'll see, they've been using a bit of this, the want-away tiger. The want-away... Now, apparently, here it is here. Uh, want-away Tigers 5'8", Mitchell Moses. Now, this is a word that had been invented by journos uh, in the EPL for just this occasion, where people want to play for somebody else next year. Oh, it's a, they oh, want, want to play for the away team. Yeah, that's right. Want away, OK. Want <laughs> to get away. It's, it's brilliant. All right, look, as we speak, Sam Burgess is fighting his grade one shoulder charge uh, on Greg Eastwood from the weekend. Crash, what did you make of this? This doesn't look too bad, but it is exactly, I guess, he doesn't raise his arm, he's, he's there, and he puts a shoulder on. Well, Tony, in about the last two minutes, they've made a decision on this, and uh, Sam Burgess has been found not guilty. Really? And will play against the Broncos. And I must say, I believe that's the correct decision. I mean, a shoulder charge, think of that last word, charge, that's what it should be, mm. an aggression, an attack. Like, because uh, this came about from guys running up out of the line with yeah. no intention to take the ball, just throwing themselves at a guy who's about to receive it. That was not what happened there. No, he it stood his ground. Well, there was no force and yeah. there was mm. no impact. Well, well, you should be, in any sport, entitled to defend the ground you're standing on. And that was basically what he did. He stood there and, yeah, he braced, but there wasn't an attack. And I just yeah. think... When this goes before old footballers, they go back through their own career and they sort of think, this would be crazy if he went for that. Because we all know a, a fair dickum shoulder charge is that. It's a charge. And we agree with the idea of getting rid of the yeah. old-style shoulder charge because yeah. of the dangers that inherit when something goes wrong. And it can go wrong often. So what we're saying is that has happened. Two weeks he was going to miss, Sam Burgess. So he is he's off and he will be able he to will play, play the I want to say quickly, Tony, when Kel said there was no force, obviously the other player was moving, but so by Newton's laws of motion, uh -huh. there oh. was Listen to Crash on Science. Yeah. Like that, I don't know clear. any rugby league player who's ever played the game that could have worked that out. <laughs> How many times did you get your, your play lunch stolen? Imagine yeah. you yeah. doing the concussion test. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all that, let's just switch codes just briefly because North Melbourne's uh, Jack Zebel, he had no case to answer for breaking Travis Cloak's ribs. Now he's come straight in. You can see Travis Cloak down there. He's out for for six weeks. This is deemed, even though he's up in the air, a legal bump, Kelly. Well, a bit like Burgess, I think common sense prevailed here. This is a good, solid, fair bump, and I am pleased that the match review panel made that decision. You, you were know, so old school, Kelly. But, but do you know what? There was no head high contact there. Travis Cloak was still in the yeah. kicking motion. Do you know what really? The ball was ten metres no, away. No, no. Do you know what really irks me at the moment, Tell particularly me. with the with the AFL, is when a player's hurt and as a result, you know, say six weeks, then. The offender who caused the incident gets the equal amount of weeks. I don't agree with equal that. Equal and opposite reaction. I, think that, I know, I should have got Adam to explain yeah. it for me. <laughs> so, OK, Travis Cloak, unfortunately, 
broke his ribs. He's out for four to six weeks. So there was, you know, people were up in arms saying, well, Zeeble should get the same amount. I, I mean, that's just bad luck. What if he didn't break his ribs? Should Jack Zeeble still go? It, it's, it's a stu... I mean, it, that was vicious. Not even United Airlines going that hard. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, he was off the ground. The ball wasn't even in the shot when the contact was made. And he's broken ribs, which is a... And I think there was a great article written that, that soccer codes and other codes would be delighted that the AFL was making this legal. Well, it's becoming this wonderful old-school, new-school thing. Jonathan Brown, fairly hard player from yeah. Brisbane, was asked, well, in that situation, what should the player do? What should the kicker do to protect themselves? Jonathan said, play netball. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, well, under your rules, then, no bump in the AFL? Well, no, he, he, he left the ground. I think when you're leaving the ground, I mean, that's often but been the rule. there was no high-contact jewels. I, I, so, I still think that the injury should affect the punishment. Yeah, all right. Well, how'd this Lions player, I want to know, get away with the bump from behind the goal umpire? He comes through <laughs> and down he goes. That's... Often, any contact with uh, the umpire does yeah. have something. No. But the great thing there is both the player and the umpire have only eyes for the footy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one goes down quite like a goal umpire, do they? Like, as if they're like an extra in a war movie. <laughs> they just bang, gone, dead. Uh, all right, look, if you want to know what a bump looks like close up, this cameraman gave us the absolute perfect Ooh. view in the uh, Swans West Coast game. Oh, That's the thing is, he just keeps shooting away. Way, uh, no drama, right thumbs up and keeps going. Dedication to the cause. Mm. Absolutely, it is. All right, look, just uh, imagine the AFL competition is the stall gift. Uh, heavyweights, oh. the Hawks and the Swans have been handicapped, mm -hmm. uh, giving the other teams a massive start before chasing them down. Either that or they're just hopeless this year. <laughs> I'm not sure which it is. Now, Geelong, Geelong, they hammered the Hawks by 86 points uh, yesterday, Jules. And I'm, I'm worried about your father. Uh, they're <laughs> zip and four. That should have been played on Good Friday, Tony, because they were crucified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is how far the Hawks are fallen. I, I think, like, they're the negative gearing of the AFL. They're just artificially boosting percentages of, <laughs> of, opposition, of opposition teams every week. I mean, it's, it's almost easier they're this bad as a Hawks fan because, the you know, there's no doubt now. But, I mean, I, I think you, you talked about being a loyal fan and I think that no Hawks fan can really hold this against them. They're, they've obviously gone one year. That Maybe it was too late last year to push for another premiership and they're just reaping... Really, the, 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 what they've sowed. But Some the, of us, Tony, mm -hmm. saw this coming. Yes, we did. We did, but we, I don't think anyone saw it coming as harshly. quickly as it did. But let's put it into perspective. Four flags in the last yep. eight years. I think Jules and his fellow Hawthorne fans need to give this club... I mean, the, the criticism on them from the Melbourne media is, is just enormous. I mean, Alistair Clarkson is a genius Amazing. of a coach. What he's been able to do, as a fan, you should be able to sit back and go, you know what, they're probably entitled to have an off year. And I reckon he'd be OK at a rebuild if yeah. that's what's well, necessary Well, he's done it before. He's proven that he's done it before and they've lost so much on-field leadership, which they is have. so and obvious. Look at the positives. they got a Melbourne Comedy Festival nomination for that game as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit like a machine, I think, the Hawthorne Football Club. If you take a few parts out, it just doesn't work as smoothly as it did and it was a pretty good machine that was working the last few years. Before that Geelong game, uh, coach Alistair Clarkson did use the lyrics of the boss as a rallying cry. Bruce Springsteen's got great song, Hard Times Come, Hard Times Go. Um, we're going through a hard time at the minute but um, we're really, really strong in our resolve to pull ourselves um, out of this pickle that we're in and get ourselves back on the winning list. 
Yeah, unfortunately, Bruce... the current Hawthorne song is Baby, We Were Born to Run. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly quickly. Yes. <laughs> and executed badly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He did Imagine also no write possessions, a... it's easy if you're in a forward line. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote a song called Fade Away, Bruce, yeah. as well, so, which is terrific. I saw that uh, Jeff Kennett did say that he thinks they should now concentrate on 2018. And I guess that is also valid at that point at, at zero and four. The way yeah, I mean, Jeff Kennett's previously said that Alistair Clarkson should have gone before they had yep. that premiership era as well. So I, I don't think Alistair Clarkson knows the answers yet. I mean, he, he um, had tactics against certain teams and he had the certain players that could orchestrate those tactics. He doesn't have that right now. But give him a bit of time. I, I mean, he's going for short-term pain for long-term gain. Is Mark Williams, he's said he should go as well. There's been quite a few have yeah. called for him to go. Yeah, well, Mark Williams' point was he stayed too long after winning a premiership yeah. at Port Adelaide. But Clarkson has done a rebuild before. Yep. Why can't he do it again if, it he, nice, if he wants to be there? Isn't it a nice time to almost... Like, the, the, everything's gone, all the expectations, yeah. isn't it? It's like moving to a new club now, isn't it? But they're like the Brisbane Lions when they won three in a row, didn't they? They... they Went for the present, for the for the for the gold, for the glory. Knowing when they fell off the cliff, they'd just yeah, spiral. Yeah, if, if, yeah. if you knew this as a result of four premierships, you would take this. Yeah, any club mm. would take this. Yeah. All right, the Swans uh, have set up their season perfectly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 0-4 with a chance to make history just by reaching the finals. I'm sure you've done the maths, Adam. It doesn't look too hard, does it? This is just heartbreaking because I've sat next to Mr Smug Hawthorne fan here for years. Yeah. And finally, Hawthorne have a shocking start. <laughs> and we choose to match them. <laughs> Do this to me. Look, it's an interesting one. I still think the Swans will make the finals. I still think... Oh. I, I think 13-9 probably gets you there. 14-8 gets you there. So the maths degree's just gone out the window all of a we've, sudden? We've, no, we've had a tough start in the season. Three of those four games were in with a chance. We have an injury list of several guys who would get games at any club. No disrespect, we're not losing by 80 no, points but you've got concerning GW 11 straight goals. I, I, I'm confident against GW. <laughs> <laughs> After which, I think we, the draw opens up even more oh, nicely okay. for the Swans. We'll be sitting at 5-5 five and five after round 10 and firming for a position in the bottom half of the eight, from which the Western Bulldogs show you can easily win the flag. Any mental fatigue at all, do you think? I mean, these players, your key players have been up for so long. What, two grand finals in the last three years, getting so close and just missing out and Crash, we always talk about the point. Buddy Franklin, yes. you know, $10 million man, nine yep. years, three years down. This is number oh, four. This is number four. No premiership, no. and he must get He's one. He's got to win not one. His fault. He does not have well. to get one at all. If, if you go through the number of million-dollar-a-year players in the AFL now, yeah. if every one of their clubs has to win one or two premierships, we have to start having three premierships a season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he changed the rubric for why players are now brought on board. He's still one of the best of all those yeah. deals. He's the reason you're even surprised the Swans might not make the finals. Now, Buddy has been amazing for four years and will continue to be. But starting this weekend, we'll just, meet GWS by eight goals. I'm just writing down he changed the rubric. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm just that's been used on this show. But, Adam, you can say you that, right but I reckon at the end of his nine-year deal, yeah. if there's no premiership in that time... No one on this panel will ever say this sentence. Oh, look, they didn't win a premiership, the Swans, but gee, it was a successful nine years. It really, really was. I'll have no one will say that. I will, I will say, say that that it too. Be... Yeah. Get your rubric on later, guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> GWS, the team, of course, they do play this weekend at the SCG. They're, they're a team of hardheads now, as well as terrifically talented young blokes. Now, in the rugby league, Wayne Bennett wants to get rid of the head pats. Disrespectful. Mm. You just go straight for an opponent's face like Giants. Heath Shaw. This is terrific. He kicks the ball in. Jonathan and Pat Patton gets the uh, free right in front of the goal square. And Heath is just 
into him. Now, this, do you love that kind of antagonism? I love this. energy. I absolutely love Heath Shaw. He's such a great footballer. You cannot accuse him of lacking passion, intensity. Uh, I mean, he's an absolute beauty. You'd love to play with him and definitely not against him. And that high, whole psychological intensity, he, yeah. he really brings it. Yeah. All right, how, how good to see Eddie Betts respond to a, a tough week of ugly mm. stupidity by playing just brilliant footy. Was it six goals at the weekend for the Adelaide? Yeah, he equaled his career high, didn't he, Jules? And he's now um, equal with Tom Hawkins on the Coleman, 26 for the year. But this is just the ultimate response, Jules. Yeah. You were yeah. probably there on Saturday night. And well, four, four so goals to Tex, six goals to Eddie Betts. The, the Crows forward line, is that threatening, that menacing? that Donald Trump is going to move his carrier group to just off the cold <laughs> Gulf of St Vincent because that's where the real threat is coming from in uh, Southeast Asia. That, yeah. No, the Crows are, are on. And I'm not going to link my moving to Adelaide to their dominance. Again. That's, again, yep. no, that's not a point I want to make. But they are literally the form team. Whether you can... whether. That form will, will sustain is another question, yeah, but they are unbelievable. If you listen really close, that's the sound of someone who's about to jump ship. Absolutely. <laughs> you can see it coming a mile off. <laughs> All right. Uh, young kids, obviously, are always keen to touch their footy heroes. Uh, when it's the opposition, it, it can be a bit of a dilemma. Like, if you see this this little Panthers fan, the NRL, at the weekend, James Maloney goes through, scores a tries at Penrith Park, runs through, does a bit of uh, the low five action. Didn't see it there, but close up. Watch this little kid. He's a Penrith fan. Oh, oh, hand oh, I'm not touching oh, you, buddy. You, you've got chronology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've worn in a high five Chronologer. and a good barber by the looks of it. Look at that. Look at that haircut. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump would be proud of that. Yeah, he would be. He didn't want to touch. All right. Uh, want away, shark. <laughs> <laughs> got a double want away. I have. If you've just joined us, you've missed that gag completely. Want away, Shark. Oh, Jack a Bird, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, Jack Bird seems to be coping with his decision to head to Brisbane. He played brilliantly in that same game, the Sharks' win over Penrith. He's just, you know, look, he... It, what's the vibe about him coming to Brisbane, Crash? Fascinating, intriguing. No-one's quite sure where he's going to play. He can play about five or six positions. But the dollars are the interesting thing. Yeah. Brisbane have never had a million-dollar player. They're a bit like Geelong. They spread it around. The claim that he is the first has created enormous interest because Darius Boyd and Anthony Milford have their contracts to come. Wow. He has to be... They should be worth more than he is. They've never had a million dollars on the books. No. <laughs> Some of them had some magnificent landscaping. No, that's a joke, of course. Uh, we know everything's above board. But... Uh, did I really say... Are we live or recorded? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I do have a story on that, but I'd get sued. <laughs> yeah, well, well it is, it's 20 years old, all right? But, uh, yeah, but you've, if I showed you the garden, these beautiful roses... <laughs> no, but, but the interesting thing is it creates a ripple effect. Yeah. Milford's been trying to get a million bucks for about three months. Personally, I don't think he's worth it. But if Bird's worth it, I can understand his argument there. And there's a lot of millionaire players suddenly in suddenly. rugby league. How many millionaires would there be in rugby league? Probably about ten. Right. And other blokes craving for it. But the definitive quote on it was Kevin Walters when he said, all these blokes reckon they're on, they should be on a million dollars. He said, for a million dollars, for my money, you've got to be a Thurston, a Langer, mm. a Lockyer, or drop dead outstanding on a week-to-week -week basis. And a lot of these guys aren't. So more millionaires in the NRL than in the AFL. Yep. They had yeah. six last year. Especially with the salary cap configured. Uh, it was supposed to become like 10 million. It's now 8.7 seemingly for next year. So there's not quite as much cash as the clubs actually thought they had to spend. And they are spending it big at the moment. All right, the Titans have had zero luck this year, decimated by injury. 
injuries has been part of the problem. Uh, they lost uh, at the weekend, but they did get a little good fortune and great skill. Oh, oh. That try with the little soccer kick assist is beautiful. Just isn't the it? nonchalance. Look at this. Here. Oh, that's all right. Go there you go. Have that. Eyeball in. Oh. Anthony Don, he looks an ungainly player, but he puts in. They call him the Don. It was just the most rousing game. People are still talking about it up there, and... Uh, the Titans, they're not the flashiest team in the world, but my goodness me, they have a crack. They may get Jared Hayne back this weekend, which would be good for them. All right, look, we love a testy press conference. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, as captain of the Kings 11 Punjab in the IPL, gave us a beauty after... Now, his team was beaten. He picked up a second ball duck, leading to a local journal asking him about a perceived weakness against the leggies. That's a shocking question. Do you understand the last three games I've hit leg spinners for six? Repeatedly. Question. It's a walkout. Hmm. It's yeah. a walkout. Well, that hit a nerve, didn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, he, what's he, what, what did he get paid in the IPL auction? He's got about $2 million and he's playing T20 cricket. He's earning big money and that's how he treats a journo? I couldn't agree I, more. It drives me crazy. It was a stupid question, was I, I don't oh. care. Over the years, he's earned about $10 million in the IPL, actually, or, or even more. It doesn't excuse that sort of behaviour. Mm. Would he have said that in Australia in a press conference? No way. What if I hate it when these blokes look down their nose at Indian journalists. It's pathetic. It was not a good question, all right? He was right when he said Maxwell. He had taken a lot of runs off league spinners. But I promise you, that says far more about Maxwell than it does about the guy asking the question. Is I mean, Glenn's been irrit an irritating force in a lot of teams he's played. And, and you wonder why. Well, there's an insight is there. Is he too arrogant? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is poor form. And, you know, I, I did a lot of tours of India and by the vast majority, players were respectful of journos over there, but there were some who really looked down their nose at Indian journalists. And it's a shocking look. Yeah, you I should take it. a lead from someone like Adam Sandler, right? But Adam Sandler's in Australia mm -hmm. promoting some dog of a film, but he got paid <laughs> $12 million bucks yes. for it. And everyone knows it's a dog of a film. And you ask him a silly question, Adam Sandler just smiles and gives the answer back. <laughs> yeah, I love being in this country. I do my own stunts. And just sit back and think about the money, Glenn. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not hard. Some great skills on display in an under-19s international with Sri Lanka's captain switch bowling against India. Now, we've seen the switch hitting. This is Mendes. What's his story, Crash? This is he's bowls the right-handers, bowls the left-hand arm. Bit of both. It's great. He's absolutely brilliant. And which arm he bowls with is uh, decided by which hand the batsman is because he wants the ball spinning away from the bat. He can change from ball to ball. He's done it since he was 13, and it comes really naturally to me. I'm hoping this kid becomes a global sensation because... It should have happened before in cricket and more regularly. It is actually doable. And, and you know, as he said, he said, hey, I'm no freak of nature. I just went out and practised it. No one does. And he has to announce it before yeah. he, which hand he's going to bowl it in. Yeah. Which is extraordinary. Poor old bowlers. Batsmen can just switch, but the poor old bowlers, they cop it in the neck. And I know there's things like sight screens and alerting which side the other batsman stands at, you know, but I still reckon when there's a balance of power in cricket, always back the batsman. They generally win. In the US, there was a baseball pitcher with the same talent. Uh, now, according to a newspaper headline, look, he, he could uh, pitch left, he could pitch right, he could pitch underwater. Amphibious pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the word they're looking for might be uh, extras. Yeah. But, uh, amphibious will do. Yeah. Yeah. And he, 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 can, he can bowl it into the current. <laughs> or with the current. <laughs> Absolute bit of Jeez. A little bit slower in salt water, but yeah. apart from that, he's great. Is this a, a slow Newsday story? Uh, claims that Racing New South Wales is keen to have a horse race meeting 
on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. What? Are they, are they going to have e-tags? <laughs> <laughs> Can they afford the toll? Will the prize money cover that? Such so, OK, why? Well, well, look at it, it's beautiful. Well, racing is fighting against a decline in popularity, so there are all sorts of exotic ideas floating around. For the life of me, I can't see this one working. I mean, horses react really badly yeah, to foreign it? environments. Yeah. Like, if you take a horse from the bush into the city, the first time he sees a plane or the first time he hears a train, they can you imagine that? Someone would end up, I swear to you, one of the horses will end up on top of the Manly Ferry. <laughs> Suddenly all the horses are wearing blinkers yeah. for that day. Quick tip for any of the jockeys, if you actually hold back in the gates, then nip down, take the tunnel, <laughs> take the Bondi exit, there's yeah. a sneaky little U-turn there back on Lanzac Parade, and you save about eight minutes. <laughs> Unless a truck goes into the well, tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Block 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 block. But here's the other one. We're going to go the KL yeah. Expressway a, then. A Formula One car has gone over the bridge, no. though, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they that have That was just the these. Uber I was in on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Forget imaginary stories about horse racing on the bridge. Uh, what about this real story of a monkey playing tennis? Uh, it's just, look, at first glance, he, his footwork's not great, but uh, he's got good hand-eye. But he does get the feet moving uh, in a minute. Look, it goes... Whoa. Oh, not that one. <laughs> Put the lob up... And it's oh, oh, uh, John McCackenroe, yeah. as he's uh, called. It's a, <laughs> it's a game marmoset and match. Yeah, what he says at the end. It's like it's like Wimbledon had sex with a circus. <laughs> exactly. But he's look, he's better than curious because he's never given up. So oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. I'm done done with monkey puns. <laughs> this is what happens when Hawthorne lose by 86. <laughs> We've seen our fair share of our animal sports stars over the years. Let's have a look. Rem remember the baseball playing chip? Oh, <laughs> yes. Terrific. Obviously, this is, that's easy. Uh, but you can actually do it from the pitch. Oh, donk. Absolutely brilliant work. Yeah. Uh, there was the goalkeeping beagle. Oh, my God. Wow. This elephant. Don't look at the ball, look at the weather. The elephant's got it over the head. And <laughs> oh, how trick shot is that? Right. Slow motion because it's so good. Over the head and oh, you're kidding. smacks it. Uh, and I do also like the dribbling polar bear uh, underwater. Just pretty, mm. pretty to watch. Great skills all around. And finally, my personal favourite, Otto the skateboarding bulldog. Come on, Otto. There you go. There are the sports, <laughs> animals, well played, Otto. Another, uh, another big Saturday night at your place. That's just the half of it. Still to come, the Aussies on fire in the NBA. Our weekly top five. What do you see that? But we've still, we've still got a weekly top five no. to come. Up. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it must be amazing. a cracking top five. <laughs> like Sydney FC coach Graham Arnold drops by and goalkeeping 101. Watch your back. First turn for Stephanie Gilmore. Courtney throws the board up into the white water for her finish and passes back and says, There you go, Gilmore. Up and riding. That double pump bottom turn we've been seeing all day flows through that section, winding up on the inside here and mistimes the final maneuver. Courtney with a big opening carve and following up. This might just be what the doctor ordered. Going back to back. 
Courtney Kalog is the 2017 Rip Curl Women's Pro Champion. Yeah, it was back-to-back -back wins at Bells for Courtney Conlog. Uh, Steph Gilmore, though, she's still uh, leading in terms of the tour, but it was a great effort from Courtney. It was, and uh, pretty in pink she might be from California, but she does have an Aussie link because oh, yeah. her coach and mentor is Luke Egan, the former Australian surfer and mm. uh, husband of Jess Yates, of course, who works here. So he's nice. doing some great stuff with her, and uh, it's wide open, the, uh, the tour this year. One of the best live experiences of sport that you can see if you can get really? down to Bells. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the, the world's great sporting tournaments, any yep. code, any at Bells Beach is just amazing. Be, be top three of what I've seen, I reckon. And the women's wow. surfing this year is so exciting mm. and so close. Come yeah, on, a few of those girl, Aussie girls doing very well at the top. All right, now the NBA, speaking of Aussies doing well, their playoffs are in full swing, and uh, again, there are Aussies who are doing some great stuff over there. Coach. This is huge, Tony. Five Aussies uh, featured in the first round of the playoffs, and we all got wins. So this is the Milwaukee Bucks who got the upset over Toronto and two Aussies including Thon Maker who we just saw he's a rookie a refugee um, and uh, who's come via Australia and then Deliver Dover is his teammate knocking down a crucial three down the stretch so they got the big upset win um, over Toronto uh, on the roads and Thon Maker has just uh, turned the game for them he actually started in his rookie well, season. Well they didn't think he was going to get much time at all. No pick 10 in the NBA yeah. draft this year so it's, it's Aussies continue to punch above our weight in the NBA. What about the size of Thon Maker? I was working out today, he's 21 centimetres taller than Mitchell Stark. So that's that. Like, imagine, we, we all look like this at Mitchell, but what about Joe Engels? Like, he, uh, he was on the set last year, and we just, he had the feeling of a bit of a battler about him. Yep. But, but oh, he's going to earn some massive cash well, now, isn't he? he? No, but you're right. I mean, he battled to make it into the NBA. He got to the Utah Jazz. They haven't played in the playoffs for five years. And here he is, Staples Centre in LA a couple of days ago. And played, uh, played, started in this game, played uh, 32 minutes. He's a free agent at the end of this season. He's currently on a two-year deal with the Utah Jazz at about $5 million. Delhi got $64 million uh, at the end of last season. So Joe Engels, lots of eyes on him. He's doing really good three things. First playoff appearance. He's wow. in for a big payday. $60 million. Mm. How do they live on that? Mm. All right, we'll be uh, joined <laughs> very shortly by Sydney FC coach Graham Arnold right here in this chair. But, Adam, you were at the game at the weekend. Mm. The Premier's plate was handed over. They're great scenes. Sydney FC did great on the weekend. And, uh, they struggled, didn't play as smooth as they never looked like losing. Got the Premier's plate. The Cove were going wild. If you haven't been there, the Cove's an amazing sporting experience. My, my little brother, when he goes to the footy, sits in the Cove. Mm -hmm. And I took him one day to a game, and we were in the sort of fancy place behind the glass. And uh. all that. Started raining. My brother insisted on sitting outside in the rain because that's what would happen if he was in the cove. Uh -huh. Sydney FC score a goal. My brother looks around, tips a beer over his own head <laughs> because that's what it would have happened if he was in the cove when a goal was scored. They all throw the cups yeah. down. So he was, he's sitting in like the, the fairly posh seats, pouring beers on his own head. The cove, Sydney you FC. You really make good. me want to go and sit in the cove. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sell the dream. Perth Glory uh, beat Melbourne City in a bizarre 5-4 goal fest at the weekend. Included this surge behind enemy lines from, from uh, keeper Liam Reddy. What's he doing here, Jules? Out he goes. And, of course, you know what's going to happen oh, is that he's no, not going to quite Liam. get back into... <laughs> Run, Liam! Run! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
The only reason I can think he did that was to get his hits up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me no other reason. That's the only reason. It was, it was, they play each other again. an under 14 B match at times, yeah. that 5 4. They play each other again this weekend, but in opposite cities. That's uh, right. Uh, but Melbourne City haven't beaten Perth uh, this season, so it's going to be a good game. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, this keeper stayed much closer to home. Not that it did him any good in this inst, as you can see. Look, he's got the ball. The, great uh, save. Yeah, great save. Great. No, nothing to worry about Let's now. Let's get going. Let's move it I'll kick it out. No, you know what? I'm just going to have a little rest here. Go backwards and put it down. And he's behind oh. you! Uh, and as you the expect... The old Panamon goal. Yeah, <laughs> Panamon. <laughs> Into the goal it goes. Good thing there wasn't a big crowd there to see it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've still got 11 seconds on the clock to get it back. He can redeem himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh. time. All right, Tottenham have a sniff in the EPL after Manchester United beat leaders Ooh. Chelsea. Uh, your team, obviously, man, you, you'd be thrilled. Isn't with it just done. great to see a struggling amateur team yeah. of no-names with a coach no-one's heard of yeah. and given a black eye to the big boys, Marcus Rashford. Nice shot there, Marcus. <laughs> Nothing more enjoyable than watching Chelsea lose. Have a second goal there, Herrera. Get your head out of the way, Luis. Too easy. Nice work. And he's very happy, man, isn't he? Get the win. Very happy, man. All right, look, we're now with Arsenal in sixth spot. Uh, there's calls for manager Arsene Wenger's head. They continue, even though they had a win overnight. None more st strident than this angry fan. If you're going to take it, look, enough is enough. Wenger out. Oh, it's a oh, massive post. I love the fact that he's, he's got a record of undefeated games in the Premier League, but that guy thinks he can get rid of him by printing out an A4 sheet of paper. <laughs> but look, if it does work, can we get a shot? <laughs> oh, yeah. Say the thought of you stepping in as interim host of the club <laughs> would be terrifying. You have my absolute support, Tony, my unconditional support. Uh, thank you very much. When you coach in Spain, you've got to learn how to move. Uh, now, former Arsenal defender Tony Adams, he's got this, he's nailed it, he's taking over Granada. What, what do you think of this? I've seen this footage of this on YouTube put to a 90s disco hit, and it's just brilliant. <laughs> so Granada are ranked 176th in the world. Yep. They're known as the Spice Boys. That's, no, that's, so he's taking a bit of Spice Girls from the Spice Boys. Watch them rocket up the ratings with that sort of play. As a forward, would you want to stand in that? <laughs> no way. <laughs> We live in interesting times where security at, at major world sporting events, of course, is rightly very, very tight. Not sure this bloke at White Hart Lane got the email. Uh, yeah, nah, everything's OK there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going deep. Enjoy your football experience. It's an honesty system. Can the people who've got nothing to declare please line up with this guy? The first lesson of sport is watch the ball, kids. Unless you're a boxer, obviously. But even the pros do get it wrong sometimes. Uh, now, we see the close... <laughs> the cross in... It's the own goal, as you can hear, off the back of his head and... Oh, a rear falcon. Oh. A rear falcon. Mm. Oh. A rear falcon. Just brilliant. So it, there isn't very, a, a trick to... Don't turn your back. So with that in mind, we thought we'd look at our, our top five reasons you shouldn't turn your back on the action. Number five, why don't we start with the Tour de France? Uh, and if you wave... <laughs> don't turn your back if you wave into the camera. <laughs> there are riders in involved all the way along here. Number four, look, it's probably a bit unfair to use this one. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. I'm doing that. It's funny that because be it's a not point. me. Look at <laughs> <laughs> 
At number three in basketball, look, you're in danger of the opposition using your butt oh. to score. Yes. So it's from Very the throw-in. And this guy does the same thing, uh, throws into the back of his opponent and up he goes. Brilliant. You do tactic. score an assist as a defender. That's right, exactly. <laughs> this is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, oh, take it no, short no, cut no, through no, the long no, jump. No. Oh. Short cut through the long jump run up uh, and our They're married now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, number one, doing a live report of a horse race in the middle of a track. Oh, no. uh, yeah, look, oh. no problem with the first horse. It's oh. the second one. Oh. I know, but trust me, he's okay. He became an internet sensation. How do I know I find out? Otherwise, I wouldn't put it on air. I've got people to find out for me. <laughs> I hope he's all right. Sonny Bill Williams is one of those people who gets what he wants, it seems. Now, he didn't want to wear a sponsor logo on his blues collar, so he just taped over it, as you can see there. Now, now he gets sponsored by uh, Plunkett, someone he's happy with, which is, I think is terrific. This is his, where he's got now on, on the collar. But it all crash came down to his religious beliefs uh, and BNZ, I think, is the sponsor that he didn't want there. Yeah, well, he took objection to some of their lending practices and, and that's good and well, but my money, it's one thing saying I don't want to wear their jacket... Why don't you actually give back some of your fee then, if mm. you feel strongly about it? Because they would contribute in a certain way to the amount of money he's paid. That's when you know they're really fending him when they say, I accept I must forfeit some sort of part of my allowance to take the stance. To my knowledge, he hasn't done that. But it's in his contract. It's a clause in his contract. That's his religious beliefs. And mm. he's made sure when I sign and if I play for you, this is what I believe in. Mm. And therefore, I mean, he's not hurting anyone by oh, doing he know, it. He knows how to find a headline on Sonny Bill. Yeah, he, 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 he I agree. It wasn't as though two seconds before the game they said, we want you to run out in this top that you've never seen before. And suddenly, did you realise this bank sponsors the team? Yeah. Mm. You knew that, mate. You had time to sort it yeah. out. You had time to have strenuous discussions behind closed doors. Or you can run out with a bit of tape on. I think he's looking for a headline. So is, he doesn't like banks, so his cash is under his mattress. Yeah, is that exactly. what we're looking at, basically? And there's no, plenty it's to do of it. with his religion. Hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. So, and there's, there's reasons behind it. I just think, well, he's not hurting anyone, and if that's what he believes, what's wrong with it? No, fair enough. All right, to golf. Uh, and uh, last week, Sergio's ball moved in the pine straw, you remember. The week before that, it was Lexi Thompson not marking her ball properly. This week, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it gets worse. Watch as Jason Duffner sends Twitter into meltdown with his golf club drop. <laughs> Pick that up for me, Caddy. Well, he's a spacey dude, isn't he? And he's well-liked for being a character. But that is... That's a moment of shame for him. People hate that. Zip say to the cat, Caddy, pick up my mess, will you? It's just... It reinforces all those old beliefs about golf as being shamelessly elitist. There must be officials from the NRL watching that going, oh, if that was a crisis... Imagine if I'd love to look after sport. A bad day at the office is a guy drops his putter and walks off on way to collecting a couple of million dollars. Oh, they're crazy on the Oh, that that could be a crisis in our game. <laughs> crazy. The good news was he was leading after the round three. Then uh, he came back and got, you know, karma got him and he finished at 11th. All right, another week, uh, another golfing, uh, stripping down to his jocks to play out of the water. This time it's James Heath in Morocco. We've got the red speedos on. The trousers on. The great news is, Sure up onto the green, beautiful work on this par three. Uh, sadly, he didn't sink it for the They're doing a bit of leg work, though. He's doing some squats, hasn't he? He's got the good undies on as well. I know, it's all good. It's all above board. All right, I can show you what can happen when you hit out of a soggy life fully clothed. That's the problem. This is Jastapanovic, remember him? Out of the rough. There's more out of the mud, really. Uh, should have taken everything off. 
Is that, is that what it's called, a soggy lie? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a great name for a golfing program, wouldn't it? <laughs> the, the soggy lie with George Schiller. <laughs> I, there's two shows you want to host now. <laughs> Coming up, record-breaking Sydney FC coach Graham Arnold. He'll join us right here in the studio. They need a win to set a new all-time points record and a nice gesture, though, from the visiting side, forming a guard of honour recognition, just what the Premier's plate does mean in this competition. I don't think people really realise how big this is. I don't think you'll ever see it again, or I'll ever see it again in my lifetime. 66 points from 81. It's great. 66 from 81. 24, 25 goals at home. You know, we scored with our Allianz. And we can see the street the whole season. Now the history side of broken that many records to continue to do it. Yeah, it's been quite remarkable, hasn't it? And if I was to read the list, the full list of records achieved this season by Sydney FC, honestly, we'd be here till Thursday. Uh, <laughs> so let's just say welcome to the man at the helm of the winningest football team <laughs> in the country, Graham Arnold. Welcome and congratulations. Thank you. Bugger it, I'll read them out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'll just give you some of them. As you, you mentioned some there, most competition points with, with 66. Uh, in a season that's shorter than the, la the previous record mm. by three games, which is ridiculous. Most wins in a season. Biggest points margin between first and second, which is 17. The fewest points conceded. It is extraordinary. Yeah. Did you see it coming at all when you were sitting in seventh place at the end of last year? Yeah, look, it's uh, something that obviously I, I looked at myself and uh, I wasn't happy with my performance last year. I evaluated <clears throat> where we were at and uh, I went away from that and... I think one of the biggest things we've done this, this year is we've worked a lot on the, the mental aspect of our game. Uh, we work a lot on our one percenters. That, uh, you know, in these days, and in football especially, and sport, elite sport, a lot of it gets down to the mental psych of it all. Um, we've got a, a huge belief in the squad that... Uh, and we have to work on that, that the players believe in, in the coaches, the coaches believe in the players. And once you pass on that belief to, to anybody then uh, miracles can happen. And uh, for me, you know, our season has obviously been outstanding. Uh, we've created history, but that's now history as well. We've got two uh, big games in front of us. And I still say today, I sit here after 27 rounds and say that we still haven't seen the best of Sydney FC. And we've still got a lot, of, a lot in us. Uh, our performances over the last four weeks, even though we won the competition four weeks ago, Dropped at times, and uh, I know I've got a, a very hungry, motivated group uh, that expect to win. You're seen on social media sometimes as cranky and a bit abrupt, and people do see you. when you're on the B team. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going to make a nice word here. But yes. People said it grumpy, aren't you? But you coach younger players, I think, better than any other coach in the A-League or any coach in Australia. I mean, what is... I mean, this team plays for you like I haven't seen a team in the A-League before. So what is it about coaching, say, kids who are early 20s, the millennial, the social media generation where it's, they're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff that, that is different to, say, in your era when, when you were playing? 
Yeah, for a start, there was no social media when I played. <laughs> Lucky but, you. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think that uh, you know the, the way the media is these days, and, and also social media, it's a lot of you know, it's it's a lot of is negative. And and you know, I spend a lot of times uh, with the players to remove self doubt and and to make them believe that what we are doing is is the right thing. And and you know, players straight after the game, they're straight on the phones and they're looking mm. at social media. So. You know, we've done a lot of work this year in and around the, the mental aspect of the game, as I say, and, and you know, kids come up different. All the, all, you know, all the generations are different. So, for me, I have to be able to <clears throat> uh, work as good with a 35-year-old as I, as, mm. as I can with an 18-year-old. And the man management side of it, for me, is about caring for people. And I care for all those players like they're my kids. And they know that uh, I'm approachable, but they also know that they can call me any time. If they, if, they, if they need me. And uh, as I said, once you care for people and once you believe in people, then anything can happen. Can I ask a quick question about the mental pressure? I mean, I, I think losing at least one game in the season is better for you in terms of the big picture than sweeping all the way through. You talk about how big this is. In some ways, and I don't mean this in a weird way, might it have been better if you'd lost two or three? No. In, in terms <laughs> of there's, there's no build-up of pressure that's tougher because of what you've achieved. There's not more to lose if this doesn't work out? No. How, do you, how do you stop those thoughts sneaking in? Yeah, every day we go, it's like you, every day you wake up in the morning, you plan to have a good day. Every day we go into work, we plan to win. And <clears throat> the, the players turn up every day with that, with that mental attitude, and, and, and that is to win, and we expect to win every game. You know, it, it's, it's not like we, we go to training to lose. We go to training to win. And, and you go to make your fans very happy, which you have done this year. And in particular, I've got some vision here uh, of one of your fans. I'm not sure exactly, uh, Sydney, to look... He may have missed a D on the end of that banner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful drug, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you have done some great things, obviously. Uh, that, that was my brother, Bob. <laughs> you made him so happy, right? <laughs> but we, we talk about the system is the system is the system, and that's what you live with. Does it irk you at all to say someone like the Wanderers who can come up? They're now in the same new competition as you are, yet you finish 30 points above them in the season proper. Yeah, our fans are happy with that, 30 points ahead, but... Uh... You know, people are talking about the final series. Look, we've played every team three times. We beat them all. So we expect to win when it comes to the final series. And, and you know, I know that the players expect to win whenever they go on the pitch. Many years ago, you played at a club where there was a couple of very talented youngsters called Stephen and Mark War. What's your memories of them? Uh, let's just say they chose the right sport. <laughs> Well, no, I Steve watches the show every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think now, he knows he did as well. well they, they're pretty handy, though. Were they handy players? Yeah, Who was the better one? I think probably Steve. Steve, uh, Mark won't like me saying that, no. but uh, <laughs> uh, with the rivalry of the Twins. But uh, no, they played at uh, Sydney, Croatia years ago when I was out there. And, you know, they had to make a decision at the time, cricket or, or football. They were both very, very talented in both. And, as I said, they chose the right sport. Am I right in saying you were the acting or interim coach of the Socceroos going back about a decade ago for about yeah. 12 months? And Ange Postacoglu has said, well, he tried to say it very quietly in the last few weeks, that he will pull the pin at the end of this World Cup cycle. Have you got unfinished business? I mean, everyone has ambitions. Is, yeah. is your ambition to get that full-time gig and coach the national not side? At, not at the moment. I think that uh, maybe when I'm in my 60s. You know, I, I really enjoy club coaching, uh, international... I took that job when I wasn't ready. I'm the first to admit that uh, 
<clears throat> you know, it's like if someone comes and delivers a Porsche in your driveway, do you say, listen, take it away and I'll have a Volkswagen, thanks. But uh, I got given the job. Um, I wasn't ready for it. I did my best. It wasn't good enough. Uh, but I think the biggest lesson I probably learned out of that was how strong I was myself, that even with the criticism and everything that went with it, I still wanted to be a coach. And uh, <clears throat> obviously it's 10 years ago. I've improved a, a lot in, in, in the role of coaching and... I just enjoy club coaching because it's, you know, you have day-to-day -day contact with the players. You, you, mm. you can control your own destiny with, uh, with club coaching. With it, at international level, you know, you, 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 your players are overseas. You hope that they're fit. You hope that, you know, at the end of uh, the, the season, they're still sharp after playing 40, 50 games. The travel from Europe back to Australia is a long way, and especially in Asia the temperature and the climates are hard. Tell me this. You, you obviously representing Australia, pulling on the green and gold at any time, mm. as you did mm. as a soccer many times, great goal uh, scorer. Even when you pull on uh, this one, what's it feel like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the tie-dye uh, version? Well, let me tell you, right, this is a true story. We played New Zealand down in Melbourne and uh, we qualified for the next round. I went and threw my shirt in the crowd and they threw it back. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck uh, for what you so richly deserve. Congratulations on a brilliant season so far. Well done. Thank well you. done. Thank Coming you. up, our champ of the week. That's next. <laughs>